Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, everybody? My name is Stan Grubb, and welcome back to Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. A little different sounding, a little different appearance, but hey, we're here, and uh, why the hell not? First, let's give an update. As you know, my name is Stan Grubb. I'm the host with my tag team partners normally, Brian Taylor and Rob Hefner. Uh, They are not with me this evening. However, uh, we'll be back in true form, hopefully very soon reason I say hopefully, um, well, a little, little bit of inside baseball, so to speak, a little bit of personal stuff here. Um, so my mother has been diagnosed with breast cancer, and this is actually her second battle with it. The first time was about uh, 20 years ago, maybe less. No, definitely less. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, ten years ago. Ten years ago. Anyway, ten years ago, of course, she was in much better health and much more ability to handle uh, the everyday challenges of what chemotherapy and recovering from surgery and being a smoker and, <laughs> you know, just all of the challenges that she has. Diabetes as well. Fast forward to here we are, where there have been a few deaths in the family, um, and my mother found out about her second diagnosis. Now, normally, uh, in this type of conversation, what I would tell you is, hey, you know, everything's been going great, been helping her get back and forth, um, and having to hang out here at, at her place every now and again just to make sure the dog's okay and make sure the basics are covered. Unfortunately, that's not how this has gone. The first few weeks of chemotherapy for went as expected, but not as tough as it could have been. We're grateful for that because, unfortunately, um, balance-wise and being able to handle a lot of things at the same time hasn't really been her strength. So the first few weeks, thank God, was a little easier on her. Unfortunately, uh, this past two weeks ago, I guess, she went through some treatment, and uh, let's just say it really challenged her. She came home, as she normally does, and, and she had been able to, up until this point, drive herself to chemo and drive home. Now, granted, she needed rest after the fact and would take naps and all of that, but most times she was okay, able to do her own thing. And she was very clear with me and the rest of my family that 
she didn't want anybody doing any extra things for her until she absolutely needed it. She's a very independent person. I apologize for the sniffles, by the way. I have uh, got allergies going on. So anyhow, um, she has been dealing with all these challenges. Uh, a lot of these challenges have put her in a position where um, she wasn't able to do certain things. But that was okay because I was around to help and other family was able to step in. Like I said, two weeks ago, she went through treatment and, man, it, it really took it out of her. She wasn't able to really walk right. Her memory was challenged <clears throat> and her ability to do everyday functions on her own um, were greatly hindered. As a matter of fact, sitting up on her own was extremely difficult. So last week, uh, last Tuesday, I came here and... Uh, Sorry, last Monday. I came here, and she was in real bad shape. I kind of helped clean her up and made some food for her and bought her some crackers and soups and, you know, stuff that might help somebody with an upset stomach kind of thing. But something just wasn't quite right. Uh, so she, she, she wasn't responding well to really any home treatments, and... She's the kind of person that absolutely hates going to the hospital. I mean, I don't know anybody that really loves going to the hospital, but you know what I mean. She was adamant she didn't want to go if she didn't have to. So I, um, I said to her, hey, you know, we don't have to do that. We can do this for now, and if it gets worse, we'll make the call. But for right now, you don't have to. And I, I still think that was probably the right call because we really didn't know how severe it was. Um, the next day, uh, she was a lot better, actually, a lot stronger. She was able to walk a little better, um, able to get around, and it seemed like she was she was on the rise. So um, I went ahead and went home and figured, hey, just a you know a tough treatment session for her. tough recovery from chemo. I get a call, uh, no, I'm sorry, I get a text on Thursday morning. And she says, yesterday was a really bad day. And today's not any better. I'm not able to get out of bed. I called her during my lunch break because I was working. And <clears throat> she was coherent enough to talk to me, but I could hear my aunt in the background. Is that Stan? Let me talk to him. It was at that point that I knew something was up. She wasn't feeling better. As a matter of fact, she was actually worse. My aunt explained to me that she was there because my mom called her and was kind of incoherent, which immediately made me think of her blood sugar, um, and that it was probably a good idea to come on out just to make sure I could assess the situation and see if maybe she needed to see a doctor. Sure enough, hop in the car, get here, and uh, it's kind of a freaky situation. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, she wasn't in a horrible, horrible shape. She, like, she wasn't dying, but 
outside of that, it, it wasn't looking great. So I told her, I said, here's what we're going to do. Because it was already in the evening, it was about 8.30. I said, let's get you cleaned up, get you comfortable. I had to carry her up the steps. Well, not completely carry her, but mostly. Hurt my back in the process. Um, for those that, that know me, that listen, know that I have a uh, an L9 disc that is uh, um, out of place, and it causes pain and sciatic nerve and all that. So every now and again, it, it slips out, a slip disc, and, and it, you know. So that's what happened. Anyway, I get up the steps, get her to her bed, um, and we made the decision, hey, next morning, if you're still in bad shape, we're going to call the doctor, tell him you're not going to make it to chemo, and I'm going to take you to the hospital. And the next morning, she was not feeling better, so I knew I wasn't going to be able to carry her down the steps. She lives in a home with two flights of stairs. So I said, okay, we're going to have to call an ambulance. And that's what we did. We got her to the hospital, and she's been there ever since. Now, I'm grateful because when we got her to the hospital, they put her on the appropriate fluids and immediately started with blood checks and blood tests and you name it, they did it. And she is on the mend. I'm, I'm grateful for that. But it's a stressful deal. It's a stressful time because there's all these things happening and I love my family. I, I do, but it's stressful when it's people juggling someone else's well-being. My mom was frustrated because she hates being in the hospital, but she also knew she wasn't getting any better right away. And she had asked me a few days before if maybe she should stop chemo. And while the selfish part of me was like, no, you can't, I had to be honest with her. And I said, well, let's talk about this from the logic standpoint. The logical standpoint says that if you stop the progress that chemo is making on shrinking the, the, the cancer cells would be halted. I don't know what the timetable would be for surgery. So between now and that time, whenever that is, whether it's a month or a few weeks, or months at a time, there is the possibility that it would either start to grow or it would just stay at the size that it's at. And that surgery could come and hopefully get all of it. But what happens if you get sicker between now and that time? That was question one. And the other question was, okay, so let's get to surgery. We get to surgery. They get the cancer. And what happens if they don't get it all because we didn't finish chemo? And then there was the question of, all right, so let's say they, they do the surgery. They get it all. And they say that it's probably time for radiation. Do you still think that you'd be able to make it through all of that? It's hard to fathom having that conversation with anybody, much less your parent. But that's what we did. And she decided, she said, you know what, I I don't know for sure, but right now I think I'm going to lean towards not doing it anymore and talk to my doctor. So that's what she decided she was going to do. We get to the hospital, fast forward again, and her oncologist, her primary oncologist, came by that Saturday she was there and, like, looked in her room and walked away. 
And for somebody that's not able to sit up, stand up, walk, it really hurt her. Really hurt her feelings. And then we get past that, and the nurses were great at the hospital. They did, they've done a tremendous job with her, and you know we're so grateful for that. But then I start texting family, and I'm not getting a lot of clean responses. And by clean responses, I'm not getting a lot of, hey, we'll be there at X time. In fact, I got quite the opposite. I'm out of town. Um, I'm working. And then it just occurred to me, I was like, okay, well, I guess it's just me. Now, before we go any further, I'm not trying to air dirty laundry. I'm not trying to put anybody under the bus or any of that stupid stuff. It's really about what this is. is just Selfishly, this is for me to kind of talk this through, but also because it's been a little while since we uploaded an episode, and I don't know, I'm not going to go two hours, but... Uh, I thought it would be a good idea to at least get something out there to let you guys know what's happening and to let you guys know honestly that we're not done. <laughs> we're not we're not going to stop being three grumpy old wrestling fans, but uh, I felt it was important to, to keep you up to speed on what was going on and to do it in true C2C fashion, unedited <laughs> and uh, unfiltered. For example, I'm, I'm recording this from... A laptop. I, I don't have my equipment with me, so I'm on a a non-podcast laptop. Word it that way, and uh, I figured, you know what the heck? If I can get the settings right, maybe it'll sound okay. That's what we're doing. Anyway, um, family starts responding. Hey, uh, I'm going to be home tomorrow. Hey, I can't get out of work, but I'm going to try to get there such and such a time. And all this time, I'm stressing out because I'm like, oh, my God, if they say she can go home today. You know, every day is this, is this thought process. If they say she can go home today and she can't walk, can I carry her up the steps? Can I take care of her? Can I do what needs to be done? Can I get her where she needs to be? Can I give her the medicine she needs? I, I can't even look at needles. <laughs> I'm panicking, right? I mean, I'm, I'm – it just sucks. But I come to the conclusion that, no, I can do this. I can – if I have to, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like, if this is how it is, then this is how it is. My aunt, man, she's awesome. She has been there every step of the way as much as possible. She she doesn't even live close. She lives like two hours away. But she's been there this entire time and so helpful. My mom starts making some progress, has updates, has more strength, has the ability to and initially, when we got her to the hospital, she couldn't hold a cup, a styrofoam cup with just water in it. She couldn't hold it. Like, it was shaking too bad. Now she can. She's doing, she is doing better. There, there's some serious strides when you consider how weak she was. By the way, the diagnosis they came up with was that she was um, very dehydrated. And her kidneys were not responding well to that. And they did some blood work and found out that she had somehow gotten E. coli. Now, you know, I think we all know that when it comes to chemo, it, it weakens the immune system and becomes more of a challenge of can I or can't I, will I or won't I get sick kind of thing. Can I recover from 
<laughs> the other illnesses that will attack me while I'm trying to fight cancer. Because chemo ultimately, one of the doctors this past weekend said, chemo's design is to really put you as close to death as possible so that the cancer stops growing and decides to die itself. That's how he described it. And when you think about it, that's really true. It's poisoning the cancer cells. And unfortunately, it poisons the healthy cells. And you try to replenish it with healthier cells. And it sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. All of these things that we find out are all in short form, day by day. Nothing comes in quick. And when I say that, I'm not saying that they weren't doing a good job. They're just waiting on results of tests. So, here we are. It's uh, the 15th of June, 12.30 in the in the uh, morning, I guess, 12.30 a.m., after midnight. And my mom is scheduled to be home later uh, today. And I'm excited. I'm glad that she's going to be okay. But I'm terrified because then I realize, guess what? I'm here at her house, and nobody else will be here with me. Now, granted, at, at 4 a.m., this could all change, right? Somebody could call me and text me and say, hey, I'm going to be there bright and early. What time's while I'm getting home? That kind of thing. But right now, this is where we're at, and this is how I feel. I've, I've seen multiple messages and thoughts of, hey, we're going to come and fill mom's uh, fridge up with fresh groceries and Nobody thinks that here's this, she's a single woman living and eating three meals a day. I mean, you, you don't need to fill the freezer and fridge. You give her the proper amount of food, of course, you know, what she's going to eat. But <laughs> filling her fridge, so to speak, won't, won't do that. Matter of fact, it'll probably cause more waste. Because she just doesn't eat a lot. Wish we would. Wish she would, I mean. But she just doesn't. So here we are. All of this is going on personally. And, you know, Brian and Rob have been awesome. They're my best friends for a reason. My tag team partners and my brothers for a reason. Because they're like, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. Brian, it's funny. You know, you guys get to hear a side of Brian that that is <laughs> kind of gruff, you know, a little bit straight, straighter, uh, straighter edge kind of thing, kind of hardcore sometimes, right? And then other times he's funny and, and says some stuff that's like, geez. And then Rob, of course, is kind of in the middle. But it's usually Brian that drops the advice that's just like, yeah, you're probably right, man. And he told me, he said, you know what, just slow down. Slow down and catch your breath, cry, smoke, drink, do what you got to do to get yourself together. Granted, he's not saying to excess, but he's just saying, do what you got to do to cope. And then just keep going. He's absolutely right. So here I am. Recording through uh, <laughs> an AI website, which is so cool. I'm loving learning through this, uh, this, this platform. And wrestling news is happening all around us, right? So let's break it down. Let's, let's take a look at... Uh, the news that's going on right now. The big news, of course, is Jeff Hardy. Jesus, Jeff Hardy, man. You know, Jeff Hardy has had alcohol and drug issues for a long time. 
And I say that not as a, a not as a con- conviction of the man, just an observable fact. He had he had so much of an issue with drug and alcohol abuse that WWE wanted to send him to rehab in 2009. And if you recall, he declined it because he said he didn't need it. And he left WWE. This was at the height of his popularity. He had just been world champion and WWE champion in the span of like six months. This is a guy that, that popularity-wise, when he was coming out, the pops for him would rival Edge. I won't say Steve Austin and The Rock, but John Cena and Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So he was at his top, at the pinnacle, right? But they knew his contract was coming up. He knew his contract was coming up. And there was DUIs here, you know, a little bit of hints of uh, poor behavior there, things like that. And unfortunately, uh, you know, when he leaves, he gets uh, signed to TNA and we get the Victory Road incident between him and Sting. Oh, by the way... In the process of all of this, an investigation finds that there's a a need for a warrant to go to Jeff Hardy's home. And they seize a shit ton of drugs. And he faces jail time. It seems pretty dark for Jeff, right? Well, he's able to make amends and make things right. And he gets himself clean. He does everything he can to stay within the law, and I give him credit. The man cleaned himself up as best he possibly could, and uh, he got back to work. He made some impressive strides. He set some stumbling points along the way. There's no doubt about that. He had a, a DUI not too long ago, and then today, or yesterday, another one. And this one, this one's bad. When you pull over your car, when you're being pulled over by a police officer and uh, in these kinds of situations, I would ask my co-hosts about their experience with this, not because they're being pulled over, but more because they pull over. And I would have asked them to describe what their normal approach is on a traffic stop. Because a normal approach of a traffic stop is you pull your car off to the right side of the road. Usually you have your flashers or your signals on, but you're staying and you put yourself in park, leave your seatbelt on. Put your hands at 10 and 2, and the officer comes up and roll down your window, license registration. You know the drill, right? One thing that alarmed me about this, this is a a traffic stop and arrest that took place in Florida. And as the trooper comes up to the passenger side of the vehicle, the vehicle itself is not fully stopped. It's stopped, but he's got his foot on the brake kind of thing. It's not in park. So he goes to the passenger side, and you can't hear him right away because his uh, body camera microphone doesn't kick on. His dash cam does, and you can see this footage. It's everywhere. It's uh, on YouTube if you want to look it up. Anyway, you see him knock on the window, and you can tell right away something isn't right because he draws. He draws his weapon. Another officer goes to the other side. They're trying to not necessarily get him to be intimidated, but you can tell they know he's not got the vehicle stopped. So another trooper is on the other side, on the driver's side this time. They draw down, and then another trooper goes over there, and they draw down. Three different state troopers for Florida State Police 
have him pulled over with their weapons drawn. It's obvious this is serious business. Now you hear the body cam pick up as they get him to stop the vehicle appropriately. Now, granted, it hadn't rolled very far. I think it rolled a few few inches, and they finally got him to put it in park. Anyhow, they get him out of the vehicle. He's stumbling right away. They maneuver him backwards, sit him down. They're even actually, they didn't ask him to sit down. They told him to put his hands on the hood of the officer's vehicle, and he didn't. He just sat down in front of it. Sits down in front of it. They said, we received multiple 911 calls regards to your driving and the reckless nature of which you were performing on the road. He can't perform a sobriety test. He tries to actually refuse it and blows a .9, excuse me, .294. Legal limit in the state of Virginia, I believe, is a .018. If that doesn't give you proper context, it's just how messed up Jeff Hardy was. I don't know what will. Here's the scary thing. I'm grateful no one got hurt, but the scary thing here is, what if someone had? What if he had been driving and, and nodded off and swerved to the right? All these cars on this on this highway, and you, again, you can see in the footage, it's a lot. All these cars on the highway, if he had just swerved to the right and smacked into one of them, it could have caused a massive train, chain reaction that could have killed a lot of people, or at least hurt them really badly. Best case scenario in that type of thing would have been one person getting hurt, and that would have only been him. And I say best, and that doesn't even sound right to say. There's an old saying that says you should never meet your heroes, or you know they'll let you down. And here's the thing: these guys and gals that perform for us in the ring, I, I know it's easy for us to say, you know. Matt Hardy and Tony Khan are enabling. Except that's bullshit because Matt Hardy didn't put the drink in his hand or the keys in his hand or put it behind the wheel. Neither did Tony Khan. You can say that AEW is potentially enabling Jeff Hardy with this bad behavior because they're still letting him perform. And there's reason to believe that possibly at double or nothing, Jeff wasn't necessarily hurt but may have been under the influence. Here's the problem with that. If that truly is the case, then yeah, you've got a leg to stand on, folks, and I'll agree with you and say, you know what, you're right, AEW is enabling him. But if it's not true and he was truly hurt, well, then what did they actually do? They bought into a bill of goods. Maybe Jeff Hardy said he was sober and he wasn't. Okay. You might have something there. That's about as far as you can really go. But the reality here is Jeff Hardy's an adult. He's a grown-up. He's got a family. He's a, got a wife. He's got a home. People he's responsible to. And um, he's going to have to answer for that on his own. Legally, he'll answer in front of a judge, of course. But the reality of that situation is just that. He's a human being. This doesn't mean he's innocent or guilty or whatever you want to call it. I don't call it that. I look at it from more of the perspective of, hey... He screwed up. Maybe he needs to go to jail. This is, what, his third or fourth DUI? Maybe that does have to happen. I'm not saying don't hold him accountable. Hold him accountable. Do it the right way. But don't go after Rebby Sky and Matt Hardy and Tony Khan because you're angry that your hero got arrested. 
These guys make mistakes. They're not perfect. They never will be. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jeff Hardy getting arrested is just another example of people fighting with the demon of disease. And that disease is addiction. In our corner-to-corner chat, Sonny, who writes uh, NXT Top Shelf on occasion, Sonny Chase explains that, you know, he's had family and friends that have dealt with addiction, and while it's certainly no excuse for the behavior, he empathizes with the family and with Jeff. Nobody who deals or who has dealt with addiction is ever truly done with it. Dustin Rhodes has been quoted many times as saying it's an ongoing battle every single day for sobriety. Do you realize in this industry alone, in professional wrestling alone, the addiction to painkillers and alcohol have killed more of our heroes in the past 30 to 40 years than that of auto accidents, cancer, heart attacks? Eddie Guerrero had a heart attack and died. But his, his heart attack stemmed from alcohol and drug abuse over the course of time. The unfortunate, horrible incidents that took place with the Benoit family took place stemming from steroid abuse over the course of time. And, of course, CTE. I think you can factor both of those. Now, I'm not calling Jeff Hardy a murderer, so don't, don't think I'm going that direction. But I am saying that we're in a situation now where it's a crisis. And it's got someone has got to do something. So like I said, he's got to be held accountable. Maybe he does have to go to jail. Maybe he's got to retire. Maybe it's time for Jeff Hardy to be done. And that sucks because it's not on his terms. But it doesn't suck because maybe he'll live. That's really the, the best I can say about that. I hate to see it happen. I think that uh, Jeff Hardy's better than this. But Jeff Hardy's a human being. He's a man. Made of flesh and blood just like you and me. And at the end of the day, it really is going to come back to making amends for mistakes. Mistakes happen all the time in professional wrestling. We all know that it's not ballet. But... Incidents that cause injuries and cause people to be taken from us in a way that was not their choosing. For example, the injury to Big E Langston, Big E, 
um, you know, sometimes it makes us a little leery. So when we see guys like Ridge Holland out there with Butch and Sheamus, stupidest name ever, by the way, renamed Pete Dunn to Butch. Gotta be a Vince thought, right? Anyway, anytime I see Ridge Holland, that makes me think of Big E, and I'm like, damn it. You know, here's this young guy who's who's anxious and wants to perform at the highest stage. And Big E's like, yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do it. When you come out there, I want you to throw me. Do that suplex. Freak accident, right? It sucks. You hate to see it. But perhaps we got a little bit of good news this week. Big E posted on Instagram that his neck brace was in the trash. Now, obviously, this doesn't mean that Big E is coming back anytime soon. I mean, that road to recovery has got to be a long one. But it's got to be a good thing. It's got to be a good sign that shows Big E is on the mend. Damn, that's exciting. I'm glad to see that. I mean, you hate when anybody gets hurt and can't perform on the stage that they love, especially when it wasn't their own doing. Someone else was involved. I mean, wrestling is is a game of trust. You're trusting your dance partner. And this isn't Ridge Holland's fault, necessarily. Ridge Holland didn't do it on purpose, of course. I hope that somebody maybe talked to him and said, hey, listen, let's make sure we get the proper height on that or you're not going to be able to do this anymore because we just want you to be careful. I'm not saying penalize the guy. I don't, I don't think it was like that. But, you know, maybe some coaching. The good news in the shape of uh, Biggie throwing the neck brace away. Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, all out with injury. You know, when CM Punk won the championship, I was so excited. I was looking forward to CM Punk versus Okada at Forbidden Door. Well, as it stands right now, Forbidden Door is just over two weeks away. And, yeah, kind of looks like... That's not going to happen. CM Punk out with a broken foot, at least that was what the rumor was, had surgery, don't have a timetable on his return. Brian Danielson's injuries um, may actually not have been as severe as initially thought. There was a rumor that it was a concussion, but the challenge is out there now from Zack Sabre Jr. for Brian Danielson at Forbidden Door. Let me just say, oh my God, I can't wait. I said it a long time ago that I wanted to see these two go at it. Man, oh man. Zack Sabre Jr. and Danielson? Brian Danielson? Hell yes. John Moxley, one half of the equation for what is now the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Interim World Heavyweight Championship. We'll be taking on Tanahashi. Which, <laughs> excuse me, but the... the this is the finals to crown the new interim champion until CM Punk comes back, and then they'll unify the belts. That's cool. And honestly, I kind of hope Mox gets that title so that he can at least get to end his reign the way he wants because Punk versus Mox, I'm in. <clears throat> Not that Punk versus Tanahashi wouldn't be good because that would definitely be good. Anyway, Adam Cole out with a shoulder injury. Rumor is it was an injured labrum or torn labrum. That's in the shoulder uh, my gut says that he's probably just banged up and will be back and may even end up facing Jay White. Which brings us to 
what actually kind of surprised me, and that's Adam Page calling out Okada. I don't know if this will be a triple threat or if it'll end up breaking into Adam Cole against maybe Adam Cole against Okada and then Jay White versus Adam Page because Jay White cuts the promo after beating Okada for the IWGP title, basically telling Adam Page that if it wasn't for him, Adam Page wouldn't have had his moment. Pretty strong words. Um, We're covering a lot of ground here, but Forbidden Door looks like it could be a great event. It also looks like AEW's locker room and management of the locker room is a little out of whack. Let me tell you why I say this. We got a new title coming out, the All-Atlantic Championship, which is all well and good. I mean, you got over 100 people on your roster. Might as well put it to use, right? But it's only for people from foreign countries, which I guess is okay, but let's take a look at the All-Atlantic Championship, shall we? Let me just pull this up. All-Atlantic Championship, AEW. I'm going to pull up the brackets. Now, the the championship is to be decided, and it's people only from foreign countries, except <laughs> that's already that's already rule number one been broken. Clark Connors is listed here on the on the Wikipedia as from the United States, but we got Buddy Matthews and Pack from Australia and England. Ethan Page from Canada versus Miro, which is coming up this week. Penta Oscuro taking on Malachi Black. Malachi Black is from uh, Amsterdam, I believe, and uh, Penta Oscuro, of course, from Mexico. Tamaki Hanma versus Clark Connors, Tomohiro Ishii, and Kanemaru over on the Japanese side. So, talent-wise, this title could be really awesome. But the problem I have with it is the the championship, I mean, I'm not sure Atlantic is a proper... (laughs) Well, let's put it to you like this. You want it to be the Atlantic championship the all atlantic so that's going to be that atlantic ocean you know uh mexico uh anybody want to say it not gonna say it okay i'll say it mexico is on the west coast near the pacific okay all right all right japan watch this hey siri what ocean is Japan near? The answer I found is Pacific Ocean. Oh, thank you. The Pacific Ocean. Tony. Buddy. All Atlantic Championship. It is the championship that AEW it represents AEW fans watching all around the world in over 130 countries. You know, I'm not a big uh, stickler for detail, but when you name a title the All-Atlantic and then you put countries that are uh, from clearly uh, opposite sides of the globe, yeah, not smart. That's problem number one. Who's proofreading this stuff, right? Problem number two, there's a report out there of Thunder Rosa apparently sandbagging against, um, 
Uh, damn it. Against, who was she against this past week? Forgive me while I uh, look this up. <sighs> Sandbagging in her most recent title defense. Um, uh, damn. This is the problem when we record live, right? Thunder Rosa's sandbagging. We'll look this up. Marina Shafir. Thank you. Thunder Rosa accused of sandbagging Marina Shafir on the last edition of Dynabite. Dynamite, not Dynabite. Good God. So, if you rewatch, there's a few spots there where, geez, um, you know, Thunder Rosa is just making Shafir earn it. But, this is just from fans that might know what we're looking for, right? Maybe? Well, no. Um, <clears throat> apparently, this is uh, one of those things where it can cause reason for question. Because it was Ivelisse who stated initially that Thunder Rosa was doing something similar to her. And everybody said, no, 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 that's not what's going on. Fans all over, like Britt Brit Baker's fans, for example, Eric in Sarasota. Tweets out to her, it says, It's been a long time since I've seen a match where somebody's so obviously tried to make themselves look better than their opponent by sandbagging and no-selling, but I just saw a perfect example on it on Dynamite. By the way, that's a tweet that DMD, Britt Baker DMD, liked. Here's a couple others. It might just look like a bad match to the untrained eye, but it's pretty clear when somebody doesn't want to play ball, which sucks because it makes you and your opponent look bad. Marina Shafir liked that tweet. So we got a little bit of uh, something going on backstage. This isn't the first rumor there's been, by the way, about Thunder Rosa. Apparently during her feud with Britt Baker DMD, there was concern as to whether or not Britt and Thunder Rosa were getting some real-life heat between the two of them, which doesn't always hurt. Sometimes it makes those competitive uses and makes the matches look a little better. But in this situation, now maybe it's where there's smoke, there's fire. Let's keep going. The Jeff Hardy injury. Jeff Hardy getting injured at Double or Nothing isn't necessarily an AEW fault issue. It's the fact that Jeff Hardy might have been performing under, under really under duress, injured and unable to really go it the way he needed to, when a doctor clearly could have told him he didn't have to. Now, I know my, my colleagues, I know Brian and Rob would probably say something different, but the reality is you send someone out there hurt, and let them perform. You put everybody in that ring at risk. And this was not just an irregular match. This was the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. And they used everything in the kitchen sink. So if you're going to do this, you have to acknowledge the risk you're putting everybody under. And it's a big one. It's a big risk. Then you get to some of the more vocal and less subtle things how about tony khan getting uh, really really excited about going after eric bischoff i like aew no no let me take that back i love aew i love what they're doing i love having a product out there that is wrestling based i am concerned for aew's well-being going forward because it appears we have a large roster a lot of championships and a lot of people with very, very little restraint. I mean, let's look at it. We've got over 100 people on the roster. We have the world title, TNT title, TBS title, world women's title, tag team titles, Ring of Honor, TV Pure, 
and tag titles. That's eight. Now the All-Atlantic, that's nine. And the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, ten. Some of these won't be defended for long on AEW television, Ring of Honor included, right? This is a lot of championships even for that, though. Let's take out the Ring of Honor titles. Now it's down to seven, right? Dynamite Battle Royal, take it down to six because, you know, it's only defended once a year. Six championships. Two women's division championships. Three. Three men's division championships. Tag team championships. You have a two-hour program on Wednesday. You have a one-hour program on Friday. You have two shows on YouTube. I'm not sure that organizationally this company is being run in a way that makes sense. Because when you get to a conversation with Tony Khan and CM Punk about Eric Bischoff and Tony Khan starts cursing and talking about the numbers and, hey, Tony, I get it, Mr. Khan, TK, whatever you want to call him. You're right, man. CM Punk was moving the needle for your company. Selling merch, selling tickets, bringing in people to buy the pay-per-views. You're right. But just because you're right doesn't mean it's right to run your trap like that on on a on media scrum. Because here's why. You are in charge of a multi-million dollar company and potentially could be a multi-billion dollar company if you continue to stay the course and keep selling tickets. You are selling tickets, no doubt. You're coming close to selling out every venue you go to. It's rare that you don't. As a matter of fact, you're doing so well that your pay-per-view buys are over 150000 on the average per pay-per-view. That's tremendous. No, it's not WWE. That's fine with me. I don't need WWE light. I don't need to see all former WWE guys have a run in AEW. But, if they're good enough and they can hang, why the hell not? But here's the thing. You hire these people. You tell them, hey guys, you get an opportunity here. You give them the All Elite placard. You make it official. And then, oh gosh! Johnny Gargano is a free agent. Man, maybe he'll come to AEW. Can't wait to see him. Oh, gosh. Cesaro is a free agent. Let's get him in here. Let's have him go against Samoa Joe and Adam Cole. And suddenly the guys like Darby Allin, Joey Janela, not that I'm a big fan of Joey Janela, but still. Sonny Kiss, Dustin Rhodes, The Dark Order, The Young Bucks, The Best Friends, all these people that you kind of built the company on their backs. MJF, who, hey, we'll talk about that in a second. What a, what an angle, huh? But all these people who've had the company built on their backs, now they're, they're getting kind of shifted to the background when CM Punk comes back and it's time for CM Punk to elevate to the next level. Don't get me wrong, guys. You know me. I am a CM Punk mark. Period. I'm a huge CM Punk fan. I will always be. Well, let's look at reality. Swerve Strickland, Keith Lee, CM Punk, Malachi Black, Miro, former WWE guys, right? They get brought in, and stars like Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, Sting, sort of, kind of, sort of Sting, MJF, 
Hell, even Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky get somehow shifted to the background a little bit. <clears throat> Meanwhile, these WWE guys are getting proper television time. They are stars. I'm not disagreeing with that. But now you start to get the feeling like, hmm... Maybe some of these complaints by Cornette and them isn't necessarily wrong. Hold on before before my faithful fans uh, start saying crazy stuff. I'm not saying that I completely agree with all these people that, that pull down AEW. What I am saying, though, is, man, be careful. Top of your company shouldn't be running off at the mouth about Eric Bischoff. Why do you care? Eric Bischoff doesn't run your company. Eric Bischoff doesn't sell your pay-per-views or tickets. How Eric Bischoff doesn't even show up on your program unless you invite him. And oh, by the way, if you pay him right, he'll show. So guess what? You're in control. You never see Vince McMahon come on television and go, you know, that AEW's a great show, but Raw's going to be better. No. As a matter of fact, they don't even mention AEW. They do their own thing. Say what you want. Their program sucks a whole lot of the time. I'm with you there. I was happy to see Cody make the shift and get treated like a huge star. I'm so excited for him, but he's hurt. He's out. Now we got, uh, well, we got Dominic Mysterio and Veer for the 50th time this past Monday. It's a great example. But what we don't have is people coming in from other companies shifting around and taking over. Most times it's if you're not a Vince guy, then you're not getting TV time. We already know this, right? And AEW was supposed to be different. They were supposed to provide the opportunity. Well, it turns out that that opportunity isn't being provided right now. And maybe, just maybe, some of the onus of that falls on Tony Khan for not having a strong enough stance in the back. And I don't know that I could fault him for this, but it is something he needs to pay attention to. Tony, you, you got a lot of great people in the back, and maybe it's time to utilize some of them for their minds as well as their bodies. Take that however you want. I am, as they say, a Mark fan. What do I know, right? We'll close out with this. You know, wrestling is a very crazy business. There's so much that happens in the business that we'll probably never even know about. Hell, the stuff that gets done in a change from... Monday Night Raw being written on Thursday all the way through the Monday when it airs. It's been changed six times. I mean, you don't know all the different things that are happening until maybe if you're a subscriber to FIFO for Select, FIFO Select, for example, you get a chance to see the layout of the run sheet. But even that can change at the drop of a dime. We don't know everything there is to know. It's probably better we don't. One of these days, we're going to end up getting, as some would say, the keys to the kingdom and start to really look behind the scenes, and we're really going to laugh. We're going to see how many times something changed because somebody's hair wasn't right, <laughs> because somebody was in the bathroom and they were trying to get their input, so they scratched their segment. And we're also going to find out about people like Sasha Banks and Naomi who stood up for themselves and stood up for their co colleagues and even though they breached their contract, because the reality is by refusing to perform, they are. They maybe had a point. Maybe they're right. Wrestling is not a perfect business by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know that it ever will be. 
I wish it would be. I so wish it would be. But at the end of the day, it's about entertaining fans and as Vince and the rest of the company says, putting smile on faces. Smiles on faces. So, you know, hey, if, uh, if Jeff Hardy gets arrested, maybe not turn it into AEW did this. It's WWE that's the best now. If uh, Cody Rhodes tears his peck off the bone and has to have surgery and is out for nine months, maybe not say, this is why AEW is better because they treat their people better and people don't get hurt as much. Or, hey, here's another example. If a guy works his ass off as part of the shield, gets treated like crap the entire time he's going up on his good guy run, finally turns heel, beats cancer. Finally turns heel after beating cancer and becomes your top company guy and then takes some time off. Maybe don't accuse him of being the next Brock Lesnar. If I was Roman Reigns right now with all the injuries happening in this business, I'd be sitting at home too. Are you kidding? Somebody out there snake bit. I don't want to be part of that. I don't blame him. Doesn't mean he shouldn't perform at all. And as I understand it, he's going to defend in the UK against Drew McIntyre. And possibly we might see a title change there. How cool is that? But at the end of the day, he could have a lot of things going on. Could be that he's burnt out. He has been running every single week, performing every single week. And yeah, I know. Back in the day, they ran 200 and blah, blah, blah days. This ain't back in the day, folks. This is 2022. Fast forward to a time where people need to be treated better and maybe people need a break. That's how shit goes. So if Roman Reigns wants to take a break, as long as he's not doing it Brock Lesnar style, only working once every six months, I'm kind of okay with that. Especially if it gives other people time to shine and especially if it gets us a build-up towards something exciting. I hope you guys are doing well. The next episode of Corner to Corner C2C Radio, um, I'm hoping to start presenting this to you guys with, of course, with my tag team partners from more of a live feel and maybe more of a visual presentation. We've got a lot of cool, exciting things that we're working on, some ideas that are being tossed around. But at the end of the day, it all comes back to something that is super easy to understand. It's about letting people know our opinion on a business that we love so much. And that is professional wrestling. You can catch up with Brian at, on Twitter at VladDragulC2C. That's V-L-A-D-D-R-A-G-O-O-L-C2C. Catch up with Rob Hefner at Rob Hefner C2C and myself at Stan Grubb. That's all on the Twitter bot. Catch up with the show at C2C Radio Show and C2CRadioShow.com for all of our shows and news and information. Thank you again for listening and being dedicated followers of the show. And hey, if you got an opinion, if you want to tell us what you think, go to the website. Go to the website or hey, when you subscribe, submit, submit some comments out there. Send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. If you want to join the Facebook group, that'd be cool too. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us your opinions and we will read it on the air. Thanks again for listening, everybody. 
See you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 